could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. That quote is from George Bernard Shaw. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, or a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's awesome volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at bethestaryouare.org. Go to the Events tab to find exciting events we have coming up. And also visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check out past editions of our show. I'm Kenneth Jun, and today's Express Yourself is centered around the gift of communication. And I'm Katie Chu. In this first segment, Kenneth is back with his segment 2020 Vision, and we'll be starting off today's conversation about communication. Take it away, Kenneth. Well, too. Thank you, Katie. So if there's one concept that has captivated the attention of the world today, I think it has to be communication. Uh, new technologies are rapidly changing human-to-human interaction. At the core, information is a highly valuable resource and weapon. We're beginning to explore AI interaction and, you know, consequently what it means to be human. And progressive political movements across the world are largely focused around empathy and equality. So it's no surprise that art being created today often heavily revolves around exploring the intricacies of communication. Uh, Today I want to highlight one film that I think really encapsulates this theme in the modern societal perspective of communication, and that film is Guillermo del Toro's The Shape of Water from 2017. Um, I don't think this film is particularly noteworthy because necessarily it's good or bad. I personally think it has a couple problems that keep it from becoming an outstanding movie. But I do think it holds a lot of significance as a unique conversion point for several different themes relating to communication, and in general, nicely represents how people today seem to view the idea of communication. So for a short, non-spoiler summary of the film, The Shape of Water is about a woman named Eliza who works as a janitor at a mysterious uh, military research facility. A strange fishman creature is brought to the facility, and while he, or it, or whatever, is harshly abused by the leader of the research program, he quickly forms a strange friendship with Eliza. So director Guillermo del Toro has made it clear that he made the film with the goal of promoting universal empathy in mind, saying in his Oscar acceptance speech, the greatest thing around us in our industry is to erase the lines in the sand. We should continue doing that. And the film itself quickly makes this broad general message pretty clear as well, but the specific approaches the movie takes to achieve this message is what I find really interesting. Uh, For one, the concept of language is an extremely prominent element in the forefront of the film's narrative. Elisa is mute. She speaks in sign language. The fishman creature speaks in alien gargles and croaks. And ASL, English, and Russian are all extensively used throughout the film, 
never once being translated through subtitles and only very minimally being translated through in-world characters. This was actually probably my favorite aspect of the movie. Uh, in these scenes with ASL, Russian, and garbly fishman language, the film never lost me. Uh, things like facial expressions, blocking, lighting, color, music, and the occasional uh, linguistic cognate are all used in a very precise manner as to keep the point of the scene clear. And to my enjoyment, this element of film language came to completely reflect the message of the film, or at least my interpretation of it. By using all these languages and then not translating most of it, the movie basically presents these technicalities of langu language as arbitrary. Languages are mechanical necessities, but body language and empathy are presented as the stars of communication. And I think this perfectly reflects emerging views on, a cultural, dis on cultural differences. As the world becomes more global, cultural differences are being seen less and less as inherent obstacles to human connection. With heightened attention toward issues of immigration and tolerance, uh, simply saying something to the nature of X and Y just have different ways of life uh, will rarely fly as a conclusive answer as to why two individuals or two groups can't really interact. Of course, that's not to say that these differences are entirely superficial or inconsequential. Uh, the Shape of Water actually takes place during the height of the Cold War. Rather, the film seems to state that these differences are not hard blocks to communication. Uh, speaking of the time period, I also want to talk about the setting a bit, because I think the era of the movie takes place in 1950s America is an integral part of the film's meaning. By now, 1950s America is a pretty common subject when talking about things like bigotry, and I guess that makes sense. Uh, the whole societal facade of the post-war economic boom coinciding with the beginnings of the civil rights era, I suppose is a pretty poetic piece of history. <laughs> And the film definitely touches on that quite a bit, since the human protagonists are a mute woman, a black woman, and a gay man. However, the film also uses the television, uh, the signature device of the 1950s, to comment on communication. In one sense, the television emphasizes the new angles of communication that technology can bring, uh, the case here being the new interaction between humans and human art and culture. Interestingly, the movie does also romanticize 50s music and entertainment in a way. As Eliza is shown to love playing different records of the era and emulating the tap dances she sees on TV, it really raises the question of how we, as a, as a society, do and should analyze the past and its faults, as well as its highlights. So, all in all, I think The Shape of Water is a very modern movie in terms of cultural perspectives. It's very reminiscent on past times, but also highly critical, and in a way explores our societal exploration of communication and relationship building. <laughs> very well said I mean I haven't watched the film myself and I wish I did but um, it sounds like a really interesting film with yeah. like you said a lot of different points about communication but it's interesting because as we were starting the conversation today I just I guess part of me assumed oh the biggest will immediately go into how talking is a huge um has a huge impact in everyone's lives and how it's an important part of communication. But essentially the first topic that you brought up was, um, was the opposite, kind of that you, I think, mentioned that empathy and body language are actually um, pos are presented as, you said, the stars of communication in this film. And I thought that was such an interesting point and a great start to this conversation. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, do you, do you uh, want to go on? Go ahead if you had something to comment. Oh, yeah. No, that was like something I also kind of thought about when I first started the movie. I, I thought it would be like pretty interesting, but I thought, oh, it was going to be kind of like that 
E.T. type movie where, oh, it's like a monster and a human. They kind of connect or, with each other. But it went pretty in an interesting direction with how it uses language and silence and things like that. Yeah, I definitely think... Um, I can't think of specific films in, um, at the moment, but I definitely see that more people who are, for example, unable to speak or um, have to use different languages are more readily presented in a lot of films, TV shows, movies. And I think it is shown a lot more recently in modern films in a way that also reflects how people are more accepting of diversity these days, but also in a way that does change our view of communication in today's world. Definitely. You mentioned that you had a couple problems with this film, though. What would those exactly be? Um, I think I had three main problems that um, kind of kept this from being really great for me. Um, yeah, I guess the biggest thing is kind of like how almost predictable or a little bit conventional uh, some of the plot points you, uh, seem to be. Like, I think the metaphorical kind of message of the film was a lot more interesting than what actually happened, especially near the end. The climax is something that I think a lot of people can kind of piece together from what they've seen <laughs> in other places. But yeah, there's like an ambiguous ending, which I think is really nice. And yeah, there's like the metaphorical layer that is just a lot more interesting. Um, it was also, yeah, I talked about how this is like really good with like symbolism and metaphors and things like that. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of things that I think were a little bit blunt, um, especially with like the romanticization of the 50s. There's a scene when um, characters are flipping through uh, TV channels and they land on like uh, news footage of African-American protesters being hosed down with like fire hoses uh, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then one of the characters goes, no, no, I don't want to see that. No, switch. And they flip the channel to like a happy like TV musical or something, which I mean is I it's like a little on the nose, but yeah, <laughs> I think all in all it pretty it works pretty well. Um, I said three problems, right? I think the third yeah. problem was around <laughs> probably I guess the character of the fish person man. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it worked as more of like a metaphorical thing than actual an actual character. Right. Uh, it was basically like a plot point more than a like a character, character with a personality or anything. Yeah. It was still pretty good. I, I, I like the film a lot, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds really interesting. I mean, it seems like a lot, a, really a lot is implemented into a film that, like you said, may have a pretty typical or conventional plot, but implements a lot of different things like you've mentioned, but I definitely agree kind of on the standpoint of communication being dependent, not just on um, sharing a similar language, but also all the other things that were um, shown in the film, like I already mentioned, or you mentioned language, body language and empathy, but also um, finding similarities between cultural differences. And you mentioned yourself that as the world becomes more global, um, cultural differences are seen less as obstacles, right? Yeah. Could you expand on that a bit more? How so do you think cultural differences, or how do we see them becoming um, less c- considered less as obstacles? Um, well, I think a lot of like how people discuss those kinds of issues of immigration and um, like tolerance of difference, different groups and stuff, 
Um, it's a lot more, there's a lot less emphasis on like maintaining lifestyles or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, that argumentative, uh, I guess, fallacy, people call it, uh, mm-hmm. like the appeal to tradi- appeal to tradition, um, that mm-hmm. whole thing about how we've been doing it for 100 years, so therefore we should keep doing it. I think right. those kinds of argumentative points are going away a little, and those kinds of yeah, assumptions exactly. that like different people just live differently, and so therefore they're just not compatible because that's how it always has been. It's that just doesn't really answer any questions anymore. It's people have to look a lot deeper. That's definitely true. I mean, I think that a lot of people kind of implement different cultures into their own traditions. For example, people will basically call them, oh, our family has this tradition. And more often than not, that family tradition is a little bit of that and a little bit of this. And it's not just a single um cultural tradition that may have come from a long back from um, family ancestry, but a mix of where they're living right now, what they've picked up from other cultures, and a part of that being their background too. And I think, like you said, seeing that and seeing people being accepting of that, willing to try new things is pretty, um, pretty, um, supportive of the idea that cultural differences are becoming less of an obstacle and if anything more um cultural differences are helping us head in the direction of people having more interest in communication I think people are curious right about other cultures and want to try them and in wanting to try them or learn about them also helps us and society expand communication in such a global manner yeah, um, definitely. And as weird as it sound, I really do think uh, the saying that those kinds of cultural differences are arbitrary in a way is true. It's not like, you know, like you said, there are a lot of people, different people who do different things. And oftentimes they're just little bits and pieces of several different cultures. And so the fact that everybody does that kind of thing and everybody is unique there's not really any basis to um, differentiate or split people up into different groups just because of those kinds of cultural practices, just because so many people do different things. Right, exactly. But um, since you your segment is centered around like films, 2020 vision, I wanted to um, kind of bring it back a moment and ask the question, how do you think films and kind of in a general sense has changed communication um i think well yeah like art is in general kind of a boundary pusher i think (laughs) by exploring and analyzing like the different parts of culture art kind of brings um those features to the spotlight and people get to think about them more and you know like things like that have helped bring people together and, you know, relate on certain things. I think movies in that, like, scope of art are especially unique because they're very accessible and they're very, like, they're very sensory in a way that not a lot of other forms of art are. Like, they're, it involves audio, it involves sight, um, yeah, things like that. So I think it's just, like, the accessibility of movies and, you know, the artistic position of movies 
has really helped people think about what they do more. Definitely. And honestly, kind of in a direct way, too. People are always talking about movies together. People, um, for example, will match on dating sites or become friends over their love for a certain film or a movie or a TV show. And they'll be like, wow, you love that. I love that, too. For example, these days, all I can see is Game of Thrones references everywhere. (laughs) I personally haven't seen it, so I can't relate. But (laughs) I see everyone connecting, you know, everywhere about it. And I think it's great. But um, thanks, Kenneth, for that amazing discussion. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment, but we'll be back in a bit. Be sure to support our show in these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy Charity that brings you this program. Be The Star You Are desperately needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund is an ongoing outreach program to help survivors of natural disasters. We need donations to help ship much-appreciated books to victims. Please donate today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. I'm Katie Chu. And I'm Kenneth Jun. Watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Be sure to also pick up our new anthology, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, which is where this chapter, sorry, at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store. Make sure to stick around as we continue our show on the gift of communication. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at be the star you are radio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. 
For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Empowerment. I'm Katie Chu on Express Yourself, and today's show is all about the gift of communication. And I'm Kenneth Chun. Today we'll be reading a chapter from the book, Be the Star You Are, from Millennials to Boomers. Uh, the chapter, titled The Gift of Communication, is written by Courtney Cheng. Courtney Cheng earned her bachelor's degree in English from UC Berkeley and began volunteering for Be the Star You Are as a young teen. She currently works in digital marketing and enjoys cooking, taking photos, and dancing bachata in her spare time. Here is the gift of communication. In college, social media was an extension of friendship. Continued conversations about weekend plans, humor carried over from in-person interactions, and compassion that closed the gap between bedrooms and study rooms at 2 a.m. These interactions were just one of the many means to an end, that end being friendship. So while everyone was online, being obsessed with social media still seemed joke-worthy. Why weren't we all just talking in person rather than commenting on the same photo on Facebook from across the hall? But when graduation season hit and each of my friends moved away from our college campus, our home away from home for the past four years, my obsession with social media transformed from a lighthearted joke to something with real weight. My friends and my moves made the distances between us increase, some further than others. A friend who lived in the dorm next to mine freshman year moved to an apartment just five blocks from mine during our second year. Now she was returning home to the opposite side of the country. In her absence, as well as those of the rest of my friends, digital communication became my solace. The immediacy of texting and social media made it easier to keep in touch with friends who now lived several hours or countries away. Each month, I schedule video chats with my friend across the country, and we always invite another one of our former freshman year floor mates to join us. The weeks between these chats tend to be quiet. We're not the type of people to tag each other on Facebook, share things via Instagram, or send each other Snapchats. But every time we log on to Google Hangouts from our current homes in California, Maryland, and Oregon, we're able to fall back into a conversation just as easily as we had when we were returning home to our dorm five years later, five years ago. The benefits of social media and texting, of course, aren't limited to my distant friends. If anything, social media now enables me to never fall out of touch with the friends who physically live close to me, like my boyfriend. He and I only live a few cities away from each other, but because of our personal lives and schedules, we only see each other a couple times a week. We do, however, talk every single day. Just as video chatting has allowed allowed me to maintain my friendships with friends in other states, Facebook Messenger has given me a way to maintain my relationship with my boyfriend when we aren't able to be together in person. There's little we consider off-limits for our discussion which has inevitably led us to some intense conversations over Facebook Messenger. We've been fortunate to avoid offense as we dissected politics and current events with words that were easier to type, but not necessarily the best choice to use at the time. When we brought up more personal topics, we realized there were more learning curves, figuring out when to ditch our screens to pick up the phone and deciding when to bookmark a conversation to say for in person. Although communicating over a screen-based medium is immeasurably helpful in keeping up with a person's day-to-day life and sharing little bits of my own life, there is a key component missing, body language. Digital communication has its conveniences, but very little can surpass the value of having a face-to-face conversation. In person, you can not only hear what someone is trying to convey to you, but also read their body language and the emotions of their facial expressions, gestures, and posture. It hasn't been easy to iron out the kinks in a conversation and find the courage to interrupt our dialogue to say, maybe we should save this for the weekend. 
It's, unfor- and it's uncomfortable to do so, particularly in a heated moment. My boyfriend and I have exchanged many preemptive apologies, yet awkward silences, as I figure out how to express my emotions and rambling monologues as he attempts to fill the silences while waiting for me to speak. Persist. These challenges have taught us to favor openness and honesty, find even greater value in our face-to-face conversations, and place less weight on digital mediums to serve as the bulk of our communication. So now we have an exercise called Write It Down. Communicating with others can be difficult, especially if you're trying to share your thoughts about something that's incredibly personal. Rather than avoid mentioning it at all, try writing your thoughts down first. This way, you have time to carefully choose your words and avoid saying something that might be misinterpreted by others. Write a letter to the person you want to talk to. Take the time to fully explain yourself and edit as needed. Don't worry about writing formally. Write in a way that flows most naturally to your pen and tongue. Once you're finished writing, make a point of actually having this conversation in person. You can use your letter to guide what you say or even ask to read your letter out loud. It won't necessarily be easy but it will be healthier for you to relieve relieve yourself of these thoughts rather than try to bottle them in. Open, honest communication is the key to success in every relationship. And a quote, communication is a skill that you can learn. If you're willing to work at it, you can rapidly improve the quality of every part of your life. By Brian Tracy. Well, I think that was a great chapter by um, Courtney And it really does talk about a lot of things that are, I can kind of say after my first year at college, really true. Um, I think in college you meet a lot of different people who are not necessarily anywhere near you. And um, social media, in a sense, by serving as a medium of communication becomes so much more important than it did before. Yeah, and this is actually really funny, especially in the exercise this was something I related to a lot. Um, I used to do this for some reason. Like I used to just go over conversations in my head. Um, I don't know. I don't exactly know why I did that so much, but yeah, I would just kind of think about what I would say to someone, and then what question they would ask, and then how I would clarify it, and then where they would go, and then how I would address their point. This is really, this is really weird, and I didn't know other people <laughs> were like doing this or like even recommended it. And did it work well for you? Um, kind of. I don't. I guess it kind of let me, yeah, talk about what I thought more. Um, it was a little weird when I would try to kind of like subtly force uh, my thoughts into like random conversations and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess kind of organizing those thoughts in my head at least was pretty right. helpful in trying to like um, expressing myself. No, definitely. This I don't think I've done this um, specifically the way she expressed it, but it definitely seems like a good idea. And I think a lot of people do it in probably more subtle ways. For example, in their head, kind of um, organize their thoughts a little more, think of the conversation ahead of time. For example, I mean, this kind of combines with another topic that she mentioned, how she um, said maybe we should save this for the weekend and having to um, be too busy to iron out those kinks in their conversations during the weekday. But um, my roommate was kind of having an 
um, trying to resolve an issue with a friend. And it was in the morning, right before classes, she had a few minutes before she really had to leave the room. And essentially what she ended up doing is she wrote it all out and then decided, okay, I'm going to make sure I have everything I want to say and like have thought things through before I actually want to do this. So I'll leave my... (laughs) like preemptively written conversation out on my desk, like on these papers and come back from class and deal with it later. So I guess that is kind of what she did, um, this exercise here. But I think it's such, it is, it's a really good way to make sure that you're communicating well (laughs) or effectively and in the way that you would want to. Yeah. Um, About that, (laughs) did she, did she like, write out her thoughts or did she write out like specific sentences that she would say in like a conversation she wrote down it was like a mix a part of it was her thoughts and then a part of it was kind of like she so I was on the other side of the room and she would be consulting me she said oh is this okay to say and you know there would be times when I would say definitely don't say that (laughs) that could you know that sounds hurtful maybe and you don't you're not trying to be hurtful so maybe think about it in a different way and she would um write it down a little differently so part of it most of it was just kind of thoughts that she wanted to touch upon in her conversation with her friend but also parts of it were oh I probably shouldn't say it like this (laughs) yeah that's pretty interesting um and I guess as weird as it is like going over um, imaginary conf- imaginary conversations for like the future or something. Yeah, it can it can help a lot with um, with how you want to phrase certain uh, remarks or statements. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you're not going to like specifically say those things in an actual conversation, yeah, it's nice to be able to kind of plan out how you should say something of this nature um, so that you don't come off as rude or unintelligent or anything. Right. It's it's really the sense of think before you speak I guess yeah to, to a really extreme degree <laughs> yeah to, to a re- yeah to a really extreme degree but in a sense it really is kind of taking a moment to think about it beforehand and yeah. I think a huge part of this chapter that she also really talked about was um kind of the impact of social media so she touched upon the good points of it, but also how it's not really the ideal situation. But it was something I could definitely um, relate to since for me personally, I'm not a huge, um, not that I'm not a huge supporter, but I personally don't usually send a lot of Snapchats or do Snapchat streaks, things like that. But after I came back briefly for about, a day during spring break, I met up with a friend and he said, oh, I'm sure your second semester was just like your first semester. And I told him, no, actually my second semester was so much busier and so much more stressful than my second semester because I had a lot more work. And he was saying, oh, well, I didn't know that because we didn't really keep in contact that much. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't know how your semesters or your weeks went because like, I didn't even know if you guys were alive. And then he said, that's the purpose of streaks, which it, it really isn't for most people. But in a sense, I was like, oh, okay, I guess by doing this, I would at least 
at the very least be able to know, oh, they're, they seem to be having a good time or they're alive, you know, they're, um, they're in, you know, the easiest way keeping in touch at least a bit. And so I did start doing streaks, unfortunately, and (laughs) I'm really bad at them, but you know, it, it serves, it serves a bigger purpose than it did in high school. (laughs) And it's kind of important now, but Yeah. yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a cool way of looking at it. Yeah, I've always been this, in the same boat where I thought streaks were like weird and dumb, and why would you do that? That's so like uh, needlessly stressful. But yeah, I guess they do serve that kind of um, yeah, yeah niche it's just purpose. Like a, hey, I'm alive. <laughs> I remember you. Kind of, <laughs> kind of sign. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. You know, it was cool um, hearing in this chapter. Uh, her also talk about body language since you brought that in during your segment earlier too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. She noted like the importance of, importance of body language and um, when it is necessary, because like she said, not everything can be just shared um, well over text messages or emails or anything like that. Some okay. things do require body language and, you know, someone taking in all the parts of your communication Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that was a really nice, insightful chapter and a great discussion. Um, we are out of time for this segment, though, but we'll be continuing with the gift of communication on the next segment. So, audience, keep up with us after the break. I'm Kenneth John. And I'm Katie Chu. Also remember to pick up a copy of our newest anthology. The book is called Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World which you can find on CynthiaBryan.com, Amazon, and other book re- retailers. Visit www.bethestarur.org for more information about Express Yourself and Be The Star You Are. Make sure to keep listening as our show on the gift of communication continues. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids Channel. Your hosts, the Kids First film critics, preview all the latest movies before they're released, interview stars on the red carpet, and share their reviews with you so you can make informed decisions about what you select to see. Our reporters, ages 7 to 16, will bring you a kid's perspective on these films. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. This edition of Express Yourself is all about the gift of communication. I'm Kenneth John. In this segment, I thought we might turn the discussion a bit toward you, Katie. Um, with your first college uh, year at college and all, and you talked about it a little in the um, last segment. So the chapter that we read, read in the previous segment talked about communication playing a vital role in college. Um, what's your perspective on that in a general sense? I would definitely agree that communication becomes or plays just comes into play in so many different ways when you go into college. For example, I think going into college was the first time in a while where I really had to make so many new friends, right? (laughs) So I went to college um, at Rice University in Houston and being from California and also the only person I think who went there from my school at least or who decided to go there from my school, I essentially knew practically no one. And going into college meant, going to college there meant that I, everyone that I would become friends with were people that I had to meet and become friends with and get close to. And a huge part of that is communicating, obviously, not just introducing yourself, but being able to get past the introductory, oh, where are you from? How are you? What's your major? Um, Why'd you choose to come here? Those are pretty much the first questions that you answer and ask for every person you meet. And then after that, it's really not just verbal communication, but body language, the things you do to um, communicate across that you would like to become closer and the efforts you make to make those, um, to spend time with other people. And I think communication played a huge role in that way, but obviously in so many other ways too, because as I mentioned earlier, communication through social media ended up playing a larger role in my life now than it did in high school just because of um, having to keep in touch with people back home since I'm not back home often other than longer breaks. And now that I'm here back home in California, I'm using social media to keep in touch with my friends from college. And it keeps on going back and forth. And I figure that it'll it'll just be like that for the next four years at the very least. Um, did you keep in touch with a lot of your high school friends or was it just a select couple or? So at first I didn't, I didn't do a very good job keeping up with them at all. It was just, I was at college, I was so busy and very honestly speaking, the way that communication played a role was that I literally spent Um, I stayed up till like 3am, 4am on school nights just to talk to people and get to know them and become closer with them, learn about them. And in doing that, I just ended up with no time at all to reach out to my friends back home. But over, er, when I came back for winter break and realized that I had 
done a very poor job of keeping in touch with them, even with everything we have in today's world, like FaceTime, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, like despite all that, I still did a poor job. And after coming back, I realized that um, that's not what I preferred. Like I would like to keep them in my lives and to be in touch with them regularly. And so I gradually um, started contacting some of them a bit more, whether that was through Messenger, iMessage, um, FaceTime, Snapchat. And I now I would say I will keep in touch with more my select friends, but when it comes to breaks or, for example, summer break, I've been reaching out to people who are less so of like part of the, that selective group of friends, but people I just want to get in touch with again after um, leaving for college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> you were able to like go back to them and talk to them again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So going to college, that is something that personally scares me to no end. Having to balance that kind of um, t- keeping in touch with the people you already know, and then having to put yourself out there and meet new people. Right. And especially being flung into a place where you essentially know like nobody. <laughs> um, was that common? I just this is more like a technical thing. D- um, you obviously you're like the only person who went to um, your university from your high school. Mm-hmm. Did you find that other people from different areas? Did they like? Was there like one or two other people from the same high school that other people knew? So this is a case for most colleges there will be a lot of people from in-state, from the people from that state. So definitely, if there were any people who had, um, who came to that school with other people from their high school, it was almost all high schools in Texas. And Mm. that makes up like 40% of the student body. But I've definitely, for sure, it's like what I felt was a shared feeling. I met someone from Maine, um, like some of my closest friends are from Maine or from North Carolina or um, Oregon, <laughs> Colorado, like places that I have never been or even imagined having friends from. But um, all of them also are the only people who came to this school from their high or came to this university from their high school. And really share the same feelings of not knowing anybody. But because this was such a shared feeling for a lot of people, other than um, people who may have come from a, a high school in Texas, it ended up being a lot more comfortable. Like it was expected for people to not know anybody. And because of that, everyone was so much more willing to open up and become friends with um, other incoming students. Yeah, that's good. That's been like my only solace of just knowing how <laughs> uncomfortable everyone else will be. Yeah. Um, did you find it it took did you find it to take a long time to um find closer friends at college? It really depends, I guess. For me, um my university kind of puts a lot of emphasis on on basically communication between the students. We had an we had a orientation week and during that orientation week we I mean orient the word orientation kind of just puts like 
a downer on the whole <laughs> event. People usually don't like orientation. They think it's boring. And if I were to say the word group activities, I'm sure most people <laughs> in the audience would be like, ew, gross. Who wants to do group activities? That's so cliche elementary school. But um, in reality, or in reality, orient like what we call a week was a huge factor. I remember we did a lot of things and essentially we were forced to hang out with everyone around us or the people living in our residential dorm. And I remember particularly after one week of having done all these events together and been through some pretty emotional conversations with um, different groups of students, different groups of upperclassmen. At the end, the final event, or the sec- second to last event of O Week was sitting in front of the school. So there are about 100 of us freshmen who, are, who live in a residential um, dorm building together. And we sat in front of the college building and the upperclassmen basically said, okay, now say things about this past week and let left, like just left us there. And at first there was literally about five to 10 minutes of absolute silence. <laughs> like no one was talking. It was just awkward. It was pretty cold because it was at night. It was midnight. We were all tired from that entire week. And then somebody stood up and said, I actually hated the idea of coming here because I didn't know anyone. And I was really stressed, but then I met this person and this person, this person, and I'm so thankful because that made this week totally bearable and I had so much fun. And then it just ended up like one by one, people would just stand up and, you know, say their things like, oh, I loved this moment and I met this person and it was great because we talked about this. And it's it seems kind of cliche and in a sense it is, but it was honestly the start to having a lot of deeper conversations and becoming closer to a lot of different people all at once. And a part of getting close to these people, obviously, wasn't just that. But like I said, we had a common room and I would really stay up till 4, 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. just sitting there and not doing any work or after doing work and I'll just sit there wait for people to come down and I just talk I'd be like oh hey I remember you from this event during a week or um I noticed you lived down the hall and we'd start talking and it just the conversation would naturally flow and you meet a lot of people at a lot of different events I would say club culture is not as great as at our school, so I didn't necessarily meet too many people at clubs, but I definitely met people um, at social events, at parties, at um, different events that my col- or my residential college held for our students, and I think it's just such a mix of a lot of different things, but you honestly meet people at you can you can meet people at anything. It could be a class. It could it could be an event. Um, something as weird as so we have something called um, screw your roommate, and it's it's essentially where your roommate sets up a date with someone that they find on the social media page for this event, and people will post um, information about their roommate, like oh this person's this kind of person and he likes this and she's like this and you know a couple photos and 
your roommate will reach out to that person for you and be like, oh, hey, the person you posted about seems like a great match for my roommate. Um, we should make them, we should have set up a date for them. And it's that kind of event. But people use it not just to meet people for relation, like, like romantic relationships, but also as friends. So I remember I met um, this one friend through that as my screw date. And we, we essentially went out on a date with one of, with a girl who lived like right next door to me, but I never really talked to her. But in the moment, um, my screw date had been like, Hey, why don't we, um, just, just grab a couple of people, you know, and I can drive us out to this really great place where we can just eat and talk. And I said, okay, um, I, I know her, she lives right next to me. Let's grab her and her screw date. And it was, and now my friend who lives next door and the guy that I matched with have been in a very happy relationship for the past like um, eight months. So that's how they met, not by being matched themselves, but literally by just going to hang out with um, me and her date and just having fun between the four of us. But really, you just meet people everywhere. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Yeah, sounds pretty fun. Um, I'm not like totally at ease yet because you said the word screw date uh, a lot of times, which is really weird. But yeah, um, yeah, it sounds like it sounds fun. Um, do you feel the same in college as you as you did in high school? Because like a big thing for me is a lot of my high school friends are people I've known for like at least four years or like three or four years. And so like we're pretty close and I can just feel at ease. I can say pretty much whatever I want. If I say something that sounds dumb or mean, I can just pretty quickly like apologize and they'll know what I meant. Things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find that you're like the same as you were in terms of like how isolated you feel or how at ease you feel or yeah, things like that? I think I've, it's really I've changed in kind of a weird but good way. I think everyone who goes to college changes in a good way. For example, parts of them that they were shy about will they'll be become more comfortable with usually because going to college means a chance to redefine yourself if you want to. Like there are no eyes watching you or people going, hey, you weren't like that before. It's the idea of someone who wears you know sweatpants and sweatshirts every single day suddenly wearing a dress and people will go oh why why are you wearing a dress is it some kind of event versus like if you wanted to be that person who wore a dress every single day then you could be that person at college without anyone saying anything but applying that to personality like you if you want to become be more outgoing you can be that without anyone saying anything about it and mm. I think for, because of that reason, a lot of people change in a positive way, in a way that can make them more confident with themselves when they go into college. And I, for me personally, I think I became more outgoing in college just because of how I was meeting so many new people. But um, also, I've become so accustomed to living around people that I have a hard time being alone now, <laughs> if that makes sense. And to provide more solace to you and to other people who are headed into college soon or in a, in a year or so, um, 
imagine that you are living with these people. Essentially, the thing, big thing that changes is you aren't just spending a couple um, minutes a week with these people. You are living with them and having continuous physical um, experiences with them and just living around people will make you naturally closer to them and often a much deeper deeper level than you're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect note to end the segment on. Um, thank you so much. That was really great and really nice to hear how you've been doing in college. Um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. As always, we give our thanks to Star Slot Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Kenneth Jun. And I'm Katie Chu. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, communicate with others and be here speak up speak out and express yourself thanks for joining us this week on express yourself produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show be sure to visit expressyourselfteenradio.com please join us again next tuesday at noon pacific time 3 p.m eastern when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself